Heavenly Father, we pray that you may particularly bless this time this morning as we look into your word, and particularly as we look at Satan. Lord, he would not be happy with what is going to happen here this morning and how we're going to look at what your word says about him and be warned so that we can be self-controlled in our lives. Lord, we pray that you may indeed deliver us from the evil one this morning. We pray that you may keep him far from this place so that we may be informed by you, the all-knowing God, about your adversary, who is also our adversary. Lord, we pray that you may be with me, keep Satan far from me, and we pray that I may be able to speak clearly about him this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you ever have to be alert you'll know how hard that is. To be always switched on and taking in everything that is around you, it is quite difficult. It's quite strenuous. It's, it's, uh, it consumes a lot of your energy. And so we are alert for some things, particularly for danger, but then when we think that there is no danger, we slumber and are happy to not be so alert and to take a break. And so when I go to sleep... That is when I'm least alert and I don't want to be alert at all. I even wear an eye mask and earplugs. Uh, I've been doing that since I first sort of got married. And uh, I shouldn't say sort of married, I am married. Ever since I got married, I've been doing that. Uh, and it was very handy when uh, children came along that I was already in that practice. Uh, because now if there is danger in the night... And by that I mean Joshua crying or Philippa crying. Uh, Jill has to sort of elbow me to alert me to the fact uh, that uh, someone needs help. Being alert is hard work and we can't be alert for everything. So we've got to choose when are we alert and for what should we be alert. And generally speaking, it's when it's danger is about. That's when we're supposed to be alert. And Peter, the apostle gives us instructions here in 1 Peter chapter 5 about when we should be alert and who we should be alert to. And that is in verse 8 of 1 1 Peter chapter 5, which is found on page 1203 of the Black Church Bibles, 1203 of the Black Church Bibles, where we see that Peter tells us to be self-controlled and alert in verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert, and then he tells us why. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Why should we be self-controlled and alert, according to Peter? It's because of Satan. Why? Because Satan is dangerous and can seriously hurt us. And so Peter is giving us wise counsel here that there is a danger in our lives and we need to be alert to that danger. But you may be saying, well, okay, That's Peter's opinion. But how dangerous actually is Satan? How dangerous is the devil? And that's what I want to look at this morning. I want to work through verse 8, just verse 8 this morning, and look at how dangerous Satan is. Because I think Peter gives us good reasons, good and valid reasons, to be very much aware of who Satan is and how dangerous he actually is. Firstly, you can see my main points on the back there. You can see all the reasons why... uh, Satan is dangerous, but my first one is that the devil is an enemy. And we see that in verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
we have to recognise that Satan is not the friendly creature that is often depicted on greeting cards. You see it like Valentine's cards and things like that these days as this little red creature with a pitchfork and a big smile on his face. He is not friendly. He is an enemy. He is an adversary. The word there in the Greek is the word that is usually used for someone who is an accuser, someone who has a plaintiff in a courtroom situation, the enemy, the person who's on the other side of the room that is bringing a charge before a judge against you. And we see that Satan does indeed display that in other parts of the Bible, particularly in Job, that passage that we just had read to us. Satan is there before God, and what is he doing? He is being an accuser towards Job. He is accusing Job of only being a servant of God for what he can get. That's what he says in Job 1.9. He says, does Job fear God for nothing? Job only likes you, God, because you give him so much. He's accusing Job of just being self-interested, that his, his, his following God is only for his own gain. It's got nothing really to do with God. The only reason he follows God, that man Job, is because of what he can get from God. And he still does that. He's still an accuser today. Revelations 12.10 says about, uh, about Satan, it says, The accuser of our brothers who accuses them before God day and night. He accuses Christians, our brothers, before our God day and night. He is not accused Job in the past, and that was it. He is no longer an enemy of anyone. The the story with Job proves that, Satan, you've got nothing on my people. And so um, Satan's gone away, and he no longer accuses anyone. No, he is still an enemy. He is still accusing people day and night before our God. So Satan is indeed dangerous. He is an enemy, and he's the enemy of many. And not only is Satan an enemy, Satan is your enemy. You might think, oh yes, he's somebody else's enemy, but he's your enemy. And that's my second main point this morning. The devil is your enemy, and that is shown to us in verse 8 as well. It says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The devil is the enemy of many people. He's the enemy of God, and he's the enemy of everybody on this planet. He's a particular enemy of Christians, but he's a particular enemy of basically, if you're a human, he wants your destruction. He is out for everybody. And so you cannot think, ah, yes, he's an enemy, but he's not my enemy. He's the enemy of other people. He's got no beef with me. No, he is your enemy. If you're a human being, you are an enemy of Satan. And he wants you. And if you're a Christian, he is particularly after you. That uh, passage that I said in Revelations 12.10, he's the accuser of our brothers. He is indeed your enemy. You might say, oh, surely not. He's got nothing really against me. Satan's not my enemy. If that is what's happening in your head right now, that you think that Satan's not your enemy, understand that that is the voice of Satan. That is a lie that is told to you. Because... Satan is indeed dangerous because he is a liar. And that's my third main point this morning. The devil is a liar. 
And that's shown to us in verse 8 as well, although you may not quite see it in your English translations. It says in verse 8, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That word devil in our English language, in the original Greek, and the, um, the Hebrew word uh, is Satan in the Old Testament, it means a slanderer, someone who is an accuser but slanderously accusing people. He is a liar. And liars are dangerous. You should never underestimate somebody who lies. You cannot tell what they're saying and whether it's true or not. And so if you are hearing that Satan is not your enemy and you shouldn't be hearing about Satan at church, when you come along to church, it should be about other things that you hear about, not Satan. That's too nasty and not something that I need to hear about. That is a lie from the liar himself, the father of lies, as John's Gospel tells us. You have to be careful. You have to know that he is indeed dangerous. He tells you lies about doctrine all the time. He will tell you that... Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh. He will tell you all kinds of lies about Jesus Christ. He will tell you that you don't need to worry about Jesus and his gospel. You don't need to worry about repenting. You're not that big a sinner. You don't need to worry about putting your faith in Jesus Christ because you don't need someone to take away your sin. You don't need a substitute for you. You don't need blood to be poured out to cleanse you from unrighteousness. He tells you lies, and he will actually even use you to tell lies to other people. He is still active even in the lives of Christian, And so often I can hear his lies coming out of my mouth. We have to be very alert, be self-controlled and alert, because Satan is dangerous because he is a liar, and we have to watch out for him. But you might say, oh, but is Satan that dangerous toward me? Really? Because, after all, I'm over here in Australia. I'm not in some pagan country. I'm in a Christian country here in Australia. And I'm in Sydney where we're the blessed country. We're the lucky country. We're the one that God favours because we have such a great economy when the rest of the world is going down the gurgler. We are so blessed here. Satan doesn't come over here. He may be my enemy, but realistically, we've got, he's like, we've got enemies, people who hate us in like the Middle East, but they can't come over here. We're too far away. No one travels all the way down to Australia to attack us. No. Satan is your enemy and he comes looking for you. Verse 8, it says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so that's my fourth main point this morning. The devil prowls. The devil is a spiritual being. He's not limited physically. He doesn't have to get on a plane to come over here to Australia and come and knock on your door to get into your house. He is a spiritual being and he is not just limited in some way to some part of this world. He is prince of this world, John 12, 31 tells us. He rules over this world. And so he can go everywhere. He has absolute freedom to roam this world, including Sydney, including Dremoyne, including inside Dremoyne Baptist Church's building. He can come in here. He is not limited by the walls as though there's some sort of sacred space here that he cannot pass. He is a devil who prowls. 
He is one who, you can say, walks about. And we see that in Job. He says to God, God says, where have you been? He's been walking to and fro, roaming throughout the world. That includes Australia, his roaming. And so he is indeed dangerous. You're not safe by saying, I'm in Australia. No, he prowls. So you may say, okay, well, Satan's my enemy and he's everywhere. He's a liar, yes, but how strong is he? Surely he's not that strong. How strong is the devil? Well, how is he described in 1 Peter 5 verse 8? It says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that brings me to my fifth main point this morning. The devil is like a lion. Why does a lion show us that he's so dangerous? Well, lions are some of the strongest creatures on the planet. If you're going to pick an animal to fight, if someone said, okay, fight any animal you can pick, would you pick a lion to be the one that you fight? I'd pick something like a mosquito or a fly. That'd be best. You don't pick on a lion. A lion is a dangerous creature. It is a strong creature, one of the strongest creatures on the planet and the most, one of the most vicious. It's got teeth, it's got claws. It's a dangerous creature. And so you should never underestimate Satan's power. He is your enemy. He can roam everywhere and he has power. He is dangerous with his power. Just consider what he's done to this world with his power, with his lies. He's brought all of the human race by tempting Adam and Eve. He's brought all of the human race down. He has caused them all to fall under the power of sin and himself. He has brought the whole of creation into frustration by the sin that has been unleashed in this world through his tempting. He went after Adam and Eve in a state where it was possible for them not to sin. Now think about you as a fallen creature. You are moving in the direction of sin all the time. Now what makes you think that you can take on Satan? If Adam and Eve couldn't take on Satan in the garden with the possibility of not sinning and yet he still won. And we should see that even with like someone like King David in the Old Testament. He tempted King David to take a census and he did it. This is someone who was exalted and God was with him. The Spirit of God was upon him. And yet Satan won when he went head-to-head with David. And the amazing audacity of Satan and a demonstration of his power is who does he also try to take on when he's here on earth? Jesus himself. Think of that. Satan actually went head-to-head with Jesus. That shows how strong he is, how 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 powerful he is that he actually would tempt Jesus while here on earth. Satan is indeed dangerous because he is like a lion. He is strong. But you may then say, okay, but is Satan really coming after me earnestly? Does Satan really not like you that much? Surely you're small fry in the grand scheme of things. I mean, there's so many people on the planet that really Satan's not going to come after me. Well, we've got to remember that Satan is not just a lion, but what does it say about him in verse 8? Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. And that brings me to my sixth main point this morning. The devil is like a roaring lion showing his territory. When do lions roar? 
Well, firstly, they roar to demonstrate their territory, to keep people away, say that this area is mine. And if you're sharing the gospel faithfully with other people and seeing people go out of Satan's kingdom into Christ's kingdom, do you think Satan won't roar about the fact that you are going into his territory on a regular basis and bringing people out of his territory into yours? He's going to get very angry. Every time you go over and share the gospel with someone, you're walking on his ground. And that is something he does not like. And he roars about it. He roars. He will stop people going into his territory by his roar towards them. And we even see that with Paul. Paul was limited by Satan in his missionary endeavours. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18, he says, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. Satan stopped Paul. Now, you, do you think Satan's not going, to care about, not going to care to stop you when he stopped the apostle Paul? He is going to roar at you when you go into his territory and try to witness to people about Jesus Christ. But you may still say, oh, but surely Satan isn't that eager to have me. He's not really that concerned about me. Well, remember, he's a roaring lion, which means he's also hungry. That's my seventh main point this morning. The devil is like a roaring lion that is hungry. When lions roar, often it is because they are hungry as well. They show their territory, but they also do it to indicate their hunger. And if you have converted to Christianity, Satan will be enraged. He has lost one of his, one of his kingdom, and he is hungry to have you back. He would love to ensnare you and bring you down. And so he's all the more eager to hurt you because he is a hungry, roaring lion. You may then say, okay, but is he that scary when he roars? Is it scary to hear a lion roar? Well, that's my eighth main point this morning. The devil is like a roaring lion that is scary. Apparently, lions, part of the reason they roar is just as they're about to pounce on their prey, they do it so that what does the prey do? It gets startled and goes in the wrong direction or does something dumb. Whenever you're frightened, you sort of... and you sort of pause like a rabbit caught in headlights. That's what Satan does. He roars at you, makes you afraid so that you aren't as effective in your work for the Lord. Just think about it. The thoughts of what Satan might do to you. Satan hurts us in many ways with persecution. And we can think about the persecution that Satan could bring upon us and actually not work as effectively for God, not because we have been persecuted, but simply because of the thought of the persecution that may come. And that's a roar of Satan towards us. He hasn't actually hurt us, but he's just roared at us. We have thought about the fact that someone might think badly of us. That's a roar of Satan. We have the thought that someone might speak badly about us for being a Christian. That's a roar of Satan. We, th we have this thought that maybe someone might physically hurt us. Someone might put us in prison. Someone might actually kill us. And that's a roar of Satan towards us to keep us from being effective 
He hasn't actually touched us. He's just made a loud noise towards us. And what has that done? It's made us clam up our mouths about Jesus Christ. And that's what Satan loves to do. But then you may say, okay, but is Satan really that good at finding me and roaring? He can go everywhere, but can he really find me out where I am? Well, what does that, verse 8 say of 1 Peter chapter 5? Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Looking. Another translation of that word looking is seeking. Seeking is what the ESV has, and it's a good translation of the Greek word. Seeking. He seeks. He's not just prowling around randomly, going here and there, and suddenly, oh yes, he'll take this person. No, he seeks you out. He is tracking you down. He has method in the way that he is out and about. He is diligent. He works very hard. We should never underestimate his diligence. He seeks day and night. That quote that I had from Revelation earlier, he's accusing us day and night before God. He is working day and night in this world. That means that you can't get up in the night and somehow think that you can do all your Christian work at night while Satan's asleep. He's not asleep. He'll get you in the night just as surely he can get you in the day. You should recognise how dangerous he is. He is indeed looking for you and he will attack you. Often when you least expect it, when you have been working hard often and then you relax, that sometimes is when he comes along. And that's why we need to be alert. You come home from work, you've worked hard all day, you've supported your family, you've been diligent with your time, then you relax, you flick on the TV, and before you know it, you're watching something that is really unhelpful for you and your Christian life. Or you're there on the computer, you've been doing some hard work, and suddenly you find yourself at internet websites that you shouldn't be at. He works at you, day and night, looking for you, seeking you, And you have to be careful of him. He will bring you down bit by bit. You don't realise how he's already got you in his snare, gradually bringing you down. It's the little sins that gradually draw you closer and closer to the larger sins. No one falls into adultery overnight. There's a whole progression of little sins that lead to that. The coveting that happens with the mind, the lustful looks the relationship that starts to bond in your mind with someone long before the actual act of adultery happens. The same with being violent, actually punching someone. Long before that is coveting, wanting something that that other person has, breeding bitter thoughts and anger in your head. They're little sins that are slowly, with Satan's work, bringing you to end up punching someone or committing some violent act or even murder to someone. Satan is working. He is looking for you and earnestly seeking you out. But then you may say, okay, I've seen that Satan is dangerous and the way he acts and operates, yes, he is dangerous. But then you say, but seriously, how much damage can he do? What is he going to do to me? Does Satan just sort of roar at me and doesn't actually hurt me in the end? Well, that brings me to my last main point, my tenth point this morning. The devil devours. See that in verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, to eat 
up. He doesn't want to simply prick you. He doesn't simply want to wound you or maim you. He wants to swallow you down. The same uh, Greek word is used in the Old Testament to describe what happened to Jonah by the whale, whale, big fish. See how much Sunday school lessons can infiltrate your mind. Big fish. We don't know that it was a whale. Whales are big fish. Mammals? Oh, no. I'm digging myself a deeper and deeper hole here. Um, But we've got to understand that Jonah was engulfed by this big fish. That's what Satan does to us. He doesn't want a little part of you. He wants all of you. He wants to devour you. He wants to consume you. How does he do that? Well, he wants to devour you now. He can do that by physically hurting you, bringing persecution to your life because of the way you have lived for God. And we see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Job is wounded. He gets those terrible boils on his flesh. We see that a demon-possessed man in the New Testament cuts himself regularly with stones. We see in the New Testament also a woman who Jesus says has been crippled for 18 years by Satan. He wants to physically hurt you, but that's not enough. Remember, he wants to devour you, and he will, if he gets a chance, kill you. He likes to physically kill you. We see that in the Bible as well. A demon-possessed man... What's happening to him? The people report to Jesus. He regularly throws him into the fire to kill him. Regularly does it. And he sought to devour Jesus by entering into Judas and betraying Jesus so that Jesus was crucified at the cross and killed. And he doesn't just want to devour you physically here and now and kill you. He wants to devour you for all eternity. He wants to kill you spiritually forever. He wants you to die a spiritual death, which is the ultimate form of devouring. Yes, he can devour you in this world by killing you. But there's another death, a second death, a terrible, painful death that goes on for eternity. And that's what Satan wants for you. That's his ultimate end game, is to devour you for all eternity. And if you're not a Christian, be aware that that's what he's doing already in your life. That's where you are headed. Every day that you refuse to be a Christian, Satan's end game is being achieved. He is going to devour you for all eternity. If that is you, do not let that be the case. Repent of your sins. Acknowledge you're a sinner before God and trust that Jesus Christ has died for you so that your sins are cleansed, that at the cross he bore the punishment, the wrath that you deserve, so that you are not devoured by Satan, and instead you go to be with God for all eternity and have eternal life with him. So Satan is indeed dangerous. Do you recognise that? Are you self-controlled and alert to the fact that Satan is dangerous? Do you recognise that he's an enemy, not a friend, and that he's your enemy, He has it in for you. Do you recognise that he's a liar and does not speak the truth? If you think that Satan is not your enemy, be aware that that is one of his lies. Are you aware that Satan is prowling everywhere, including in your home? There is nowhere in this world where you can say Satan cannot come. 
He is everywhere. Do you recognise that? Do you recognise that Satan is a lion, which means he has great strength, and a roaring lion that is demonstrating his territory, that he is hungry for you, and that he wants you to be afraid so that you are ineffective for God? Do you recognise that Satan is dangerous because he is seeking you with all his power, that he seeks you? He doesn't just prowl around. He actually looks out for you. Do you recognise that Satan is dangerous because he wants to not simply bite a little bit of you off, hurt you a little. He wants to devour you. If you say, yes, I recognise that what Peter has said here is true, do you watch out for Satan, knowing that he is dangerous? I must admit, in my own life, I'm not as conscious of Satan as I should be, that he is the dangerous foe that he is, the dangerous enemy he is. Are you deadened to him? Do you rarely think about Satan and don't like to think about him and would really like to believe that he doesn't really exist? Is that you? Then you need to be alert to him. You need to awaken yourself. You need to not listen to his lies about his non-existence or that he's no threat. You need to be aware of him and prepare for his attacks. And next week, I'll actually go a bit more into that. I couldn't bring myself to include verse 9. I didn't think I had enough time for it. But you can read that yourself. Uh, and next week, we'll unpack that. Because, But firstly, we need to be aware that he does exist. And that's the point, And that he is seriously dangerous. And that's the point I want you to understand this week. And next week, we can look at how we can resist him in his attacks that come upon us. Let us pray to our God now. Let us speak to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this part of your word that speaks so clearly about our adversary, about our enemy, about our foe. Lord, we pray that we may not be deadened to the fact that Satan exists and that he is a serious enemy to contend with. Lord, we pray that we may be conscious of him, conscious of his ways, and alert and self-controlled in the way that we live, so that we can conquer him and crush him under our feet by the power of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.